back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about how to see ourselves as God sees us. And you know, it's incredibly important for us to know and remember and live by our true identity in Christ. In fact, there are so many verses in the Bible that help us see ourselves as God sees us. So not only are we chosen by God, but we are his children who belong to him. We are loved by him so much so that nothing can separate us from his love. The scriptures tell us that we are forgiven and cleansed and in Christ, there is no condemnation against us for whatever we have done in our past. We are strengthened and equipped to do all that God has called us to do. So much so that he gives us his Holy Spirit living inside each one of us to help us. So ultimately, we have peace because we have the hope of Christ and we live with his promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. Well, our guest today, Trish Blackwell, the host of the Confidence Podcast and author of the book, Straighten your crown, rediscovering that you are seen, you matter, and the king delights in you. She will be expanding our understanding of how to see yourself as God sees you. But first, a word from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. And my mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to okay. the podcast. Oh, One other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. 
Trish Blackwell is an expert at empowering people to get past self-doubt, overcome self-limiting beliefs, and perform at their highest levels. Confidence coach to Olympic athletes, Ironman champions, CEOs, high-achieving entrepreneurs, and cultural influencers, she has been featured by TLC, Entrepreneur, and Elite Daily as one of the top confidence coaches in the world and is an active member of the Forbes Coaches Council. She specializes in helping high achievers think with more power, clarity, and belief through her podcast videos and books. Please welcome Trish. Oh, I thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And what my, what my bio doesn't include is that the coaching is all done from the word of God, right? And it's so important to me to know that in the coaching industry I'm in, there's a lot of self, it's self-help. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about the self-help, I'm about the, about the Holy Spirit help, the uh. trans help. Right. So I, I just, I'm so excited to talk about the, the identity in Christ. Cause it was an area I was confused on in my own life growing up and so mm-hmm. excited to kind of expand upon it with you today. Oh, yay. All right. Well, let's dig in. Why do most believers struggle to see themselves as God sees them? And what is it that sort of complicates this dynamic, do you think, in our culture? Absolutely. So it's a great question. And I think from my own experience, I have been a believer since I was five. And I mean, on fire for Jesus, right? Like this, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be an Olympic athlete. And people are going to go, there's something about her. Oh, it's Aww. Jesus. And that was my like, <laughs> how the world would could be moved by me mm-hmm. and how they would see Christ. And the thing is, is I, in that I was very driven, very high achieving. Um, I ended up unknowingly attaching my worth mm. to my performance and yes. to the things. And then of course, in the world that we live in, in culture, it is so applauded. And so without even knowing it, even though I would read verses like, do not, you know, like things in the, uh, I'm not seeking applause of, of men, right. I knew I wasn't seeking that yet. I was, I was a, a, a addicted to the um, affirmation of others. And there's so much external validation we get in how much money we make, in what we achieve, in how clean our houses are, in how many followers we have, and how many likes we have, and how beautiful our family looks, and you name it, or Mm -hmm. how far we climb in the corporate ladder we there's, or what we look like in the mirror or what the number on the scale says. I think so we live in a world that tries to identify worth to things that are external. And even if we know as believers, I mean, my whole life, I knew those things don't really matter. My worth is because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a daughter of God. And I knew that, but I didn't know it. So I had head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. And that's the best way I say, and what I do work with people in my coaching is how do we drop the info from the head into the heart where it really feels real. That's what in my, you mentioned my book, straighten your crown and and the whole premise is how do we go from knowing God loves us and knowing it to actually feeling it? Because my, my whole life, I knew it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have that full embodiment feeling of it. And that it's not even just, he loves us. There's so much scripture that says he delights in us. Like that's like Mm. next level. I've got young children. So like when I see them, like just like delight is the, 
I don't know if there's a better word. I just want yeah. to, just, I just, I mean, I can't even, I don't have words. It's this absolute overflowing mm-hmm. love enjoyment of, and to be like, that's what God thinks about me. It's amazing. Yes. Indeed. It's transformative, but yeah, I think, why do we struggle? Why do we, why do we struggle? I think we, we don't spend enough time meditating and etching it into our hearts of what it really means to be a child of God. Yes. And that what an idea, and I think for me, so I, I grew up and, you know, competed in my sport and had a division one scholarship for it and a lot of pressure. I just did a lot of check the boxes, mm-hmm. check, 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 check. Mm-hmm. And, um, that whole time I was, I was getting my worth in what I was doing and how I looked and I knew no identities in Christ, but I didn't know how to make that look in real life. I hadn't, I didn't, I was missing tools on how to get my worth in real life when my worth in the mirror wasn't feeling so good. Right. And that whole time I had an, I had a, an eating disorder that I kept hidden. So it was, it was that perfectionistic spirit Mm -hmm. that kept being like Trish, like God's disappointed because you're not, you've got, you've been given so much to like use it. And I was doing it with willpower versus spirit led power. Yes. So So it just becomes a mess. And I think for everyone, it's just like, I think that there's not enough conversation about, well, what does it look like in 2022 to have your identity in Christ? Yes. Like that, how does that, how do we live that out? And so that's why I'm really excited about that the topic. Yes. The yes. Topic. And I think you've really hit the nail on the head when you said there's a disconnect between yeah. knowing it and really applying it and yeah. to starting back with just saturating ourselves in God's word. So even know what he does say. <laughs> taking that step back and starting there. Covering Ephesians, um, I was at Ephesians 3.20 and I was like, it doesn't really say that. And you're like, masterpiece? Wait a second. Maybe that's it. Cause then I, you know, I, I realized that for me to remember what was it that he says about me, I did have to change. I grew up on the NIV and it was really helpful for me to switch translations because I had a tendency unknowingly to be like, yeah, yeah, I know this verse. Like, Okay. Yeah. All right. Arrogance, right? Like, yes. like, do you really trust you? Re- I had to sit by myself and go, do I really want to know what God says about me? Then it, I need to slow down. And I had a hard time slowing down when I, this pride came out of like, yeah, yeah. I memorized that when I was eight. I know that verse. So it was very helpful for me to actually switch translations and then like, just read it differently. And then yeah. I would go back to the So anyways, that's just a little thing that was helpful for me to go I had to, there's, it's never too late to go remind yourself of what God does, does say about you. Even if you quote unquote, know already, we need to go back and remember it every day because the world, we are waking up and operating a world that every day, every minute, every turn is telling us we're inadequate. And that if we just buy this cream or do this workout, or we do this, we have, we're more, we're more popular, we won't have problems. Right. And so we, we are being told that message over and over. So I think over and over and over, we need to go back to the word. Absolutely. Has to start there. Well, what, what should someone do to start actually the process of believing what God says about them is true? I love that question. So, you know, I, for me, my story, and that was helpful was when I met my husband, um, I was free from and healed from my eating disorder, but I had some body dysmorphia. My, my body dysmorphia was so extent extreme 
And by the way, at the time I was a personal trainer, you'd look at me and you'd be like, girl's fit. She's got it together. That girl loves herself. Yet I had so much judgment and I was so hypercritical. I would wash my hands in the sink and not look at the mirror because I never knew what that mirror would say to me. Like sometimes I'd be like, I feel good. Like be alive, church, be vibrant, go help people. And there were times when I would just believe the lies of the enemy and I would see what I saw was why would somebody be a friend with me? Like people should be embarrassed to be next to me. Like just this self-critical, hyper-judgmental. So the mirror and seeing myself scared me. So even the concept to go seeing my, like my husband was, would, when we were dating was like, my prayer is that you just would see yourself how I see you. Mm, and that I'm, and he's, I'm praying and he's, and it was so beautiful. Cause he said, my prayer to Lord is that God would give you new eyes that you would see yourself, how he sees you. And he, and he challenged me to make, to make that my prayer. And so first, if anybody is even resonates with body dysmorphia or body image issues or, or, or struggle with your beauty and your acceptance and just like, okay, yeah, God thinks I'm a masterpiece. If you feel like you have any overlap with my story, first to start there, I got to say that prayer is so powerful. Amen. You and Lord, and like, give me fresh eyes. Like, let me see myself with kindness and compassion. Help me see myself how you see me. Give me, give me new eyesight. And then I think there's this, it's, that was a life-changing prayer for me. And, um, and that then opened me to go, okay, so I can tolerate myself now. All right. Now I'm more open. I mean, my heart more open and receptive to going, okay, God does really like me. Cause I was convinced that he loved me, but from afar, because I had, because my, my inner narrative was so critical of how much I had let myself down. And like, if I had let myself down, well, then surely I'd let God down. And then I had these image issues and it was, and then I would beat myself on that up about that. Cause I'm like, wow, it's so vain. It's so prideful. Well, even it right, created more separation. Yes. And so that, there's something really beautiful to going, um, Lord, just bring me into your presence. Help me see everything differently. Like I want to see myself differently and I want to see how you see me. Cause I knew I was a child of God, but I didn't really, really, really know what that meant. And then of course, as, as I became a parent, you're like, oh, interesting. Is this how God really sees me? And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, so I think your question was, how do you start? How does somebody start one pray? And then two, I think you really need to ask yourself the question. Well, what does God say about me? What does he? And then, yeah, go, go open the word, open up your favorite Bible app, open up Google, do a quick Google and ads and, and do like, and just, I, one of my favorite things to, to do and why I, I recommend for a lot of my clients is to keep a promise journal, right? Cause I remember I was doing some, 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 some deep reflection and about promises of God and his, and God's trustworthiness and how faithful he is. And I, it was so funny. Cause I said to myself, well, yeah, you believe the promises of God. And then this other part of my brain was like, like, yeah, girl, what are they? And I was like, Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, growing up in the church, I was so familiar. I know the promises of God, but do I, have I ever read the word in looking for them and looking for what God is saying to me with those promises? And so one of my favorite journaling activities for people as, as a practice to help start believing 
what God says about you is true. And also what his promises to you are true Mm -hmm. is to keep a little beautiful journal with like, with just, just verses of like, this is a promise. This Psalm right here, you is a promise. Isaiah, like you will go forth in joy and peace. Like that to me is a promise. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Yes. That is every day. Right. So there is a, I love that to go. All right, let me just read from a new lens. And then I'm going to accept at face value that God tells the truth. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love starting with prayer. I love going to God's word and then to journaling about it. And wow, those are great suggestions. How do you, how do we actually learn to believe in our hearts, not just in our heads, that we are God's masterpieces, especially when our minds are constantly reverting back and thinking about what we're lacking and kind of like what you described all these things that we think that we're lacking in. I love, I love the art of replacing a toxic thought with truth of realizing that we have, do we learn how to believe in our hearts, not just in our heads through meditating on the word and through, through making sure the, the meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth, Yes. are pleasing to God, right? So, mm-hmm. so we know we've known that verse, but then what does it mean to live that out? And I think it means, and I, I remember, I remember for years being like, guard, you know, guard your thoughts. Yes. Take your thoughts captive. I'm like, yeah, but how, <laughs> like, I mean, other than like, don't watch trash TV, don't listen to bad music. Like I, I had a very basic level. And then in my coaching, what I've learned is you guard your mind by cleaning it every day. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think journaling is so powerful. And so to really believe in your heart, I, I, I would say to start your journaling practice every day and ask yourself, what's my toxic thought? What's the lie? Honestly, a better way to say it. What's the lie that I'm believing today? Mm-hmm. What lie has the enemy told me? Mm-hmm. Where is, and, and like, and so sometimes I call it a toxic thought. Sometimes I call it a lie. Sometimes I call it, what's my anxiety. Sometimes I say, Hey, little Trish, what's bothering you today? And it's, and it's so funny because they'd be like, well, I feel like they think I'm weird because, but you know, it's so funny when you mm-hmm. actually ask the question, what you're holding on to. And then there's the truth. You talk back to that lie as if, as if your sister in Christ was sitting with you, or as you can, another way to say, say the truth is what would God say? Mm-hmm. What would God say here? And then one of my favorite things, so it's a toxic thought. And then you reframe with the truth. And then one of my favorite things is then to find a verse that supports that truth. Mm-hmm. 
and take the time. It's so funny. It's like game changing to take the time to handwrite the verse out and that, and that you sit on that. And then one of my favorite things to do is to, um, I, for years I resisted affirmations because it's so new. There's so much new age attachment to that, but biblical faith-based affirmations, they're commands. We were told to meditate on it. So yes. I really believe in the practice of, of so if you, you have a, that toxic thought or the lie and reframe it with the truth, reminders of very in black and white, here's the truth. So it needs to be, so your brain, because your, your brain believes anything that it's thinking. So like to separate the subconscious and go, hey brain, this one, not true. This one, it is. Oh, and right, and here's God's word that says it. And then the affirmation that we write is a, is a way to write it out. I typically recommend that you write an affirmation that, that kind of brings in the verse that was resonating with you. So like if we were going with Isaiah 55, the one that I mentioned that I love so much of, you know, you will go forth and join peace. And, and so even just writing today, I walk, join peace and the trees of the field clap their hands. Right. And you can add another verse and because I am a child or you can add your, you can kind of, because I am a, a precious child of God and salt in this world. And like, so writing that affirmation, it just, you, everything you say, I am, you start embodying more. And so I think for years, I, I was like, well, I can't help it. My brain's just like, I just have bad thoughts. And I was really convicted when I finally realized, wait, we have the most beautiful gift God gave us was the ability to think and, and free will and choice. Mm -hmm. So choose your thoughts, Trish, like take them captive. Like I, I had to stop playing the victim of my thoughts and start taking power back. And that's the beautiful. And, the, and I just, it's such a wonderful process but I think I've, I've even worked with people in this process and they see a difference in what they think to what they believe in just one week of doing that, mm. that one, it's a one page journaling process. Yes. That's, yes. We're talking seven minute, seven minute commitment. Yes. Seven minutes in seven days, you will start going, wait, I actually like, and so when I, when, when I encourage people to do a, a faith-based affirmation, write it in your journal and then text it to yourself. Like yeah. not just a one and done. I love having a text message to myself because anytime I pull out, I'm like, oh, I got to text my mom. I see the thing I told myself that morning and I'm reminded, right? And like write it on your post-it. The more you repeat something, the more you are going to create a new groove in your brain that it becomes true. Because if you think about it, what is a belief? A belief is just a thought that you've repeated over and over. And so the belief that we're lacking, the belief that we're, that we're not loved, the belief that we're not, that God doesn't really like whatever that false belief is. It's just that you've repeated that one thought. It's just an optional thought enough to actually believe it. So I think there are a lot of times we get discouraged of like, man, I, I mean, I know it, but I don't really feel it yet. Yeah. Because maybe you've, uh, you've told yourself something different for 10 years and you've gone one month of the new thing. We got to keep repeating it. We got to be patient and, 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 and resilient in just coming back and committing to repeating something and going back to the truth and re refreshing our hearts and our spirits on it until it becomes absolute, absolutely embedded in our hearts. Yes. And you know what, Trish, this reminds me so much of what the psalmist did. I mean, yes. you, you read the book of Psalms oh. and, and first of all, they start out with many times with some kind of a lament, like you're talking about, they're, they're in distress, they're having problems. And, and then they, they shift gears. And oftentimes, 
they repeat that same positive affirmation about who God is, or your strength will get me through. Or I love just how the psalmist do that multiple times. You'll, if you highlight, you'll see that they repeat themselves and it kind of is alignment kind of with what you're saying there. That's so cool. You know, for me, it was freeing. I think I had known this and it was about 10 years ago. It took me hearing something from Joyce Meyer. I heard her say, that she has to repeat something to herself sometimes a hundred times in a day. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not broken. Okay. And then <laughs> I was just like, oh, of course. It just, sometimes it's just really helpful to go, well, of course you have to repeat it a lot. Of course we are still reminding ourselves of what, what is true. It's okay, you don't feel it. You need to hold to the truth. You got to keep going back to the truth. We anchor in the truth. Mm-hmm. And it will be, and then you will, you will feel it, but you can't just be like, I don't know. It doesn't just, I just don't feel like, you know, like, no, no, we fight to hold on to it. And yes. our the enemy, oh man, he loves seeing us not, not, not fight for it. And so yeah. I love that. Like every time you combat a lie, every time you talk back to a thought that is victory, that is victory. That is a victorious life. I think for a lot of, at least for myself and a lot of the clients and people I coach, there's this, well, it's just my thoughts. I'm like, no, your thoughts are everything. So every victorious thought has a compound effect and we're growing and growing and growing, and growing in this incredible strength that gives us power in the world. Because when we see ourselves, how God sees us, we show up different. It's here, and we are so excited. Our new Patreon online community is finally open, and you're invited to join us. Your support is so appreciated and important. In fact, it's what allows us at Coffee and Bible Time to continue on with our ministry. We thank you in advance for your support. That's a great tie into my next question because so much of what you're describing is what's going on in your, your thoughts, but how can we live out our identity as a child of God? Once you have so you, this knowledge, you have it. And then you, you reframe and you, and you, and you do your work and you remind yourself of who you are and why God has purpose for you. And that your job is to go serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus that day. And whatever that looks like, you show up. And when you show up and you see yourself, how God sees you, you are like, imagine a little princess running through a palace. Her inheritance is secure. She has everything she needs, desires. She knows she's beautiful. She's like the King, like invites her into the throne room to be with him. And then you go, what would she be like out in like, that influence, that security, that confidence, that the courage she would have to be like, we're good. Let's give that a try. Hey, let me help you. I got more than enough. Let me like, well, how you show up in the world becomes so different. And the reality is that is, we are, that is our inheritance. We have this, this royal inheritance through Christ. Yet we act like we're like, I don't know. I don't know what I have to give. I'm just a, like we would so often like, well, I keep self-sabotaging here, or I make them decisions here, or I'm just stuck here. And you're like, or if you see yourself, how God sees you, you start taking off the limitations of your brokenness. You start taking off the limitations of the wounds that you're holding on to. 
you believe in full healing, you believe in miracles, and you start believing that God has you has chosen you for such a time as this and stirred your heart with that dream, that book idea, that YouTube channel, the podcast, the, the, the thing that you feel too small to do, but to go slay giants, to go out and be in the world and that you are the one, you're the girl for the job. So I really believe when you see yourself, how God sees you, your confidence is unshakable. It's biblical confidence. Your courage is exponentially increased. And then you walk in active faith. And that, that moves the world. One, it moves the world because you're an example to others of what is possible. That's just inspiring to watch someone live like that. And then two, you're changing the world. Like you're actually creating change. And it's a beautiful thing. And it, ultimately, it glorifies God because it's not you doing it. Your confidence and courage doesn't come from, it comes because of who he says you are. And it just, it's just this beautiful beacon. Yes. Agreed. You know, when we find ourselves, uh, there could be people listening to this that just aren't grounded in God's word and what he has to say about them. And, you know, perhaps easily distracted by the identity that they feel they have in this world. What advice would you give them to help guard against that? I love it. I want to say the first thing they can do is start parenting themselves better. And what I mean by that is I, I don't know if I've, um, it's an unfamiliar phrase for a lot of people, but as an adult to take ownership of your, of what you're putting in your, in your life, um, to take ownership of how much time are you on a screen? Like to actually go into your phone and look at your settings as you give this info is so available and be like, wow, I spent this much time on, on, on Instagram, this much on TikTok and ask yourself, like, what would my life, how will I feel differently about myself or my identity? If I cut that time in half, Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I never, never very rarely feel better after going on social media than I did before. You're inundated with, with, with manipulated images of, and if you're, it's, you walk, I mean, so, and there is a place where I love social media too. I mean, it's a, but knowing just like, I also love sugar, but I also know when to stop. And so we parent and we can do that. We parent ourselves with food so we can be healthy. So parent ourselves with what are you, how much screen, how much social media are you engaged in? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourselves with? Um, But then also, you know, there's identity with questioning of yourself of going, I know because there's an attachment to identity of if, you know, who you are and what you do or who you are in your community or your job title. And just to start by asking, telling yourself, not even asking, but to declare, I'm more than I think I am. God has more for me than I even imagine. And this dream job, maybe a dream, you know, this dream title is a great part of my, of who I am, but it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. What I do is not who I am. Who I am is why I'm valuable. It's very hard because the world tells us otherwise. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. Well, how can someone learn to take their thoughts captive so that they can correct sort of any thoughts that aren't aligned with what God's word has to say about their identity and purpose. 
Girl, I think it's journaling, 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 journaling. I, I, I like to call journaling. It's, it's brushing your brain or breathing for the brain. So if you think about this, like when you, you do a thought download in your journal, or you identify that toxic thought, you are exhaling out and you're able to see what is taking up my the mental space, right? Because like for years I was like, yeah, take your thoughts captive, but I can't. And it's because I didn't see them on paper. I kept letting them fester. It's sort of like black mold in a basement. Mm-hmm. You don't know it's there. It keeps getting worse. Like you, you can, you can ignore it. It's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And the thoughts, I think I used to have a lot of shame over the thoughts. And if you just go, it's just a thought. I'm going to neutralize it. It's a thought. I'm not going to give that thought power unless I want it to give it power. I don't have to believe every thought that I think. And some thoughts are just like a little train that passes by and I can wave to it but I need to escort it out. But thoughts are also trains. And like, if you want to, we, we get on that train and we're like, why did I, how did I get over here feeling about myself? Cause we got on the wrong thought train and you can go, but like you also to ask yourself, if you see a thought and it feels true, it doesn't mean it's true, but we need to ask yourself, where's that thought going to take me? Almost like you see this thought that's a train and you look at the front of a train and you're like, what's the destination? Like for the front of a train that tells you where it's going. Mm-hmm. We can look at our thoughts and go, where's that thought going to take me? Where, and then you can say, no, thanks. They're going to say, all aboard, get on here. Your thought is so comfortable. You're like, yeah, I should get on. I've always thought that way, but you don't have to get on. You can wait for a thought that's going to take you the direction you want to go. I think we do that through pen and paper. And I know there's been so, and I do a lot of journaling work with my, with my, with my audience and my, my clients. And there's been always, there's always the, yeah, but I've tried journaling before. Yeah, but I don't have a half hour. And I really believe in the power of going, do you have eight minutes? And it's funny because like, I mean, really, I'd love somebody to have 10 minutes, but let's, let's be honest about the human brain. Sometimes we go, well, I don't even have 10 minutes. And you know, you do, but we, so, but even if you, I, I love undercutting a little bit and going, can I commit to eight or seven minutes? Because then if you want to go for 15, cool, but you're just, your micro commitment allows you to show up. Yes. And we know that that really the extraordinary things of life happen by doing ordinary, tiny commitments. So, so journaling, so doing that process and going, what is the thought? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking? And then you literally put them on paper and go, okay, where are those going to, do I want those? Do I want to keep those? Do those align with God's word? Yes or no. And then you can take the thought and either pretend that it's a train that goes by or almost take the thought and pretend you're throwing it in the trash. I like to, um, one of the things I like to, to do, I separate my thoughts with, this is a trashy Trish thought. I like alliteration, so bear with me. (laughs) Trash. Oh, that's trashy Trish. That's the Trish that doesn't know who she is. That's insecure, far from God, desperate to prove herself striving Trish. Now truth Trish. Oh man, she is, she overflows peace and joy and just presence and just it's so I can what I like looking at that because I can I can identify a thought and be like mm, trashy trashy trash get out of here like I know you can talk like you have permission to talk back to the thought and I know the trashy trash trash trashy trashy trash <laughs> thoughts that they are all they are all fear-based yeah they're all fear-based and they're not of God but I'm not beating, I used to beat myself up or like, I shouldn't be thinking this way, but I'm, but what if it doesn't matter if we should, or we shouldn't, we're constantly attacked. We're constantly, it's not that we're, we're not good. We're just constantly being deceived. 
by the deceiver. And so if I can identify those are trashy Trish thoughts, those are fear thoughts. They don't belong in this clean, beautiful, sanctified brain. I don't even, I don't, I have full permission to just go interesting. It's sort of like you can neutralize it and be like, that's interesting. You're there. You may leave. We just escort them out. Mm -hmm. And then we go back and reread and reread and reread the truth, the truth, Trish. And I really encourage people to play with that. I have people who do like, you know, angry Amber, awesome Amber. And you don't have to personify, but it is fun even just to separate your brain and go, oh, this is my old brain. And I'm a new creation. Yes. This is just old me coming in. God has freed me from that. Mm -hmm. I can also see taking that concept sort of uh, in it with an artistic bent too, and like sketching out, putting something in the trash can or taking that word and arrowing it down into the can. I mean, I don't know. Great idea. Yes. Yes. We're a family of art people here. So I could, I could definitely see putting that into that. It's game changing. It really is game changing. Yeah. I would say that just actual practice of, of also telling yourself I'm in the, I am in the process of truly learning to take my thoughts captive. I capture Mm -hmm. them. I look at them, I assess them and I go, this one leaves, this one stays. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I imagine there's so many people listening to this that have been like, I've never even done that before. I, that never occurred to me to do that. So that's, that's, well, but I hope that they, they yeah, absolutely. That. Give it a try. And see transformation. Um, Will you use affirmation work with your coaching methods? How do affirmations work? And are they biblically sound practice for believers? I really believe that they they are. um, Because they are speak, it's the act and affirmation is the act of repeating a truth that you want to embody. And if it's, if you will, so like, you know, I have a tattoo that's, that reminds me of, of Galatians, right? So it's freedom. So it is for freedom, the crisis set you free. Like I, I wanted to etch this into me. So I see it every day. And an affirmation is etching into my heart and my brain and my neural pathways, the truth that God says about me. And it's like, I think you actually said it earlier. Something I say often is, we can't oversaturate our brains with goodness. Like it's impossible to oversaturate your mind with truth. Mm-hmm. And I know that we're inundated and attacked all the time. And so the practice of an affirmation is so powerful because it gives you the advantage. We're always on the defense and it puts you prepared on the offense of your thoughts to stand firm and to be like, this is, it's just a daily reminder of here's my identity. This is who I am. This is what, this is where I, this is how, like, even just even affirmations over the type of faith you want to have. It's a beautiful thing because you're speaking to the person, you know, God's transforming you into and that God's not done with you yet. Mm -hmm. And so I love it. I think it's this almost prophetic proclamation that says like, cause we, when you write an affirmation, you want it to be in present tense. Like this is happening. This is who I am. Even if you don't feel it yet. And what it says is it says to, to, to the Lord, like, Lord, I, I believe you. I believe you. You're doing this in, in my life. And it's really helped me because I struggled for a long time being, I would pray for things and believe them. But then it's like, I had this like, you know, wavering belief. 
-hmm. And doing affirmation work and just speaking in proclamations in biblical ways over my life really solidified some of those, those shaky grounds for me. Cause I kept being like, Oh, I honestly, I think it's cause my brain was always like, boop, 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 boop. And then, yeah, you know, or, or your brain's like, yeah, but like, what if it doesn't happen? Or like, what if, you know, we're always playing the, what if, and this mm-hmm. like a simple affirmation just walk talks back to what it cuts the what ifs off at its knees. And it's just a simple, quick way. And to be honest, like, so is, so is just honestly, better than affirmation, open up the word, read a verse and speak right to it. But I'm going to be transparent. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I mean, when I'm, when I need to speak an affirmation about myself, I'm probably not going to open up my Bible app. I probably, I just need to talk back to the thought. Then I speak the affirmation and then I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. Maybe I should go reread that verse. Right. Like, so it depends on the person, but it is a very quick um, tool to use to fight, to hold on to truth. Yes. Great. Well, Trisha, in all of your years of experiencing coaching, what would you say is the most effective piece of advice that you've given people and what outcomes have you seen from that? Oh, what a great question. Um, it's so simple and so funny. It's to be who God created you to be, be yourself. And not in the sense of what the world's often saying, just be you girl, like, but truly like trust that the quirks, the personality, the, mm. the desires of your heart, the yearnings, the weird things that you find are so fascinating. Like that's all purposeful. Like all of it matters. And I think we downplay and we play small so much because we just, I believe freedom comes from being like, all right, God, like this was, I'm your idea of a masterpiece. All right, let's do it. I trust that I'm going to embrace that. And because when you, when you allow yourself to fully be yourself, so much of the noise goes away The Well, what the caring, what people think, uh, the worried about this, the, um, and also it goes to identity. If you know, you know who you are and you're yourself and you, you're, you being yourself as a child of God, every fear about what if we don't, every fear of, of lack goes away. And then like, I, I like to go back to thinking about like, I have a six-year-old right now, right? I have a six and four-year-old. And I remember being seven, eight, nine, just like the joy. I feel like the joy meter of that is like sound of music level. Like you're spinning in the fields with Julie Andrews, right? Like yeah. you're just <laughs> free. Like you're like, I'm just skipping because of course, if you, why walk when you can skip? Right. There's that, that true freedom of like, when you don't think you're not thinking about like, do I fit in? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I skinny enough? Do I make enough money? All that. You're just like, life is like, God is so good. Life is, this is like, you just, your life is an act of worship just by being yourself and being connected to the Lord. And I feel like that sets people free in themselves. And when you, when somebody's free, you know how they say that phrase hurt people, hurt people, Mm -hmm free people, free people. So when you become more free, you free more people. You start, you start getting about the act of, of stepping into your calling and doing big things because you're free. You don't care what people think. You're just going to do it. You're yes. so joyful. You're so yourself. Like you would not, you couldn't be bothered. We stopped doing so much because we're like, well, what, what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What if they say this? You're like, but when you go to your eight-year-old self who has no understanding of anybody watching, you just do. 
So it's a really beautiful thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That kind of reminds me too of just being, we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. And kind of like, how dare we tell God his art is not perfect the way he made it, right? Like we... I love how you said that you have to embrace who you are and who God made you to be and to rejoice in that. And that's great advice. Hey, this is Mentor Mama, and I have an incredibly practical tip for all our listeners. With over 130 orders I've already placed on Instacart, I can't tell you enough how much I absolutely love Instacart. If you hate going grocery shopping or always end up coming home with way more items than were on your list, which of course blows your budget, then Instacart is for you. I actually save both time and money using Instacart. I save time shopping because the app keeps track of all my regular purchases, making each subsequent order super fast to enter on my app. I also save time by avoiding checkout lines and driving to and from the store. In addition to saving time, I have saved so much money because I don't get seduced by every new flavor or product on the shelf. My grocery bills have been considerably less. So, if you want to make shopping easy, get delivery via Instacart in as fast as one hour and get your first delivery free. Click the link in our description and start today. All right. So how can people find out more about you, Trish, in your Absolutely. book? So you can check out the book, Straighten Your Crown. It's on Amazon. So type in Straighten Your Crown book or my name, Trish Blackwell, or there's a easy link. You can go to trishblackwell.com forward slash crown, C-R-O-W-N, because you got to put that crown on. Um, and then you can go to my website, trishblackwell.com. And if you're already a podcast listener and you love podcasts, add the confidence podcast, check that out. We've got, oh man, we're almost at episode number 500. So we've got a lot of really great training your brain, taking your thoughts captive episodes ready for you to, to stop letting your thoughts get in the way of the freedom that you have. God uh, has. Yes. Check it out. Okay. So before we go, just want to ask you a couple of our favorite questions here about your Bible study tools. What Bible do you use and what translation is it? So I already mentioned I have shifted, right? I've gone through yep. lots of tips. I love the NLT because it's just so beautifully basic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, I found this from like a, maybe an Instagram ad, but the beautiful word coloring Bible. Oh yeah. I love yes. that's, that's awesome. It's gorgeous. And I got my daughter one. Uh, so we color together. It, it's the, I just, I have loved that. And I'm not wonderfully artistic, although I'm very good at colored pencils. So that, <laughs> that, 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 uh, that expression there. So that's yes. been um, and then my favorite, honestly, the one I'm, so that is a, a, the, when I have larger windows of time, the one that I use all the time is U version Bible app. I absolutely love it. And I look at, I speak, um, I speak French and Spanish. And so when I do, I have, um, mm, NIV, NLT, ESV, um, always pulled up actually new King James version as well. And then I have two French versions and two Spanish versions. So when I have a verse, 
I love, I nerd out on words. So I love to compare and I love, I got my four English ones and then I read it in French twice and I read it in Spanish twice. And that has brought so much vibrancy to my experience as well of just being slowing down mm-hmm. in the word. I, look, I'm a girl, I'm a type A Enneagram three, like, let me do as much in the day. I'm really trying to learn how to go at the pace of Jesus, yeah. how to live an unhustled, unhurried life. So I used to read to be like, I'm going to read this many chapters. And now it's been a very new process for me to just go one verse eight times. Let's chill here. Let's camp out here. It's been beautiful. Oh, love that. Do you have any favorite um, journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? I do. Well, uh, look, all just basics. I like colored pens. I am very picky. I need things to be extra fun extra fine tips. So I just buy as many colored pens. I got into a little bit of calligraphy, not again, not good, but I got all the colors of those, those pet, the, the fancy calligraphy pens, um, my colored pencils, highlighters. Um, I'm actually less picky about the tools I use and more picky about what does the journal look like? So I, when I shop for a journal, I will go, my husband laughs. I'll go into like 18 stores and be like, Nope, (laughs) Nope, Nope. Nope. And then when I find one, I'm like, yeah, it just, I know there's, they're all a little bit different, but I just know. So that I want to, I want to always have it on my desk and it to feel beautiful and to be, and you might look and be like, well, it looks like another journal, but there's always something about it that pulls me in. So it's that I want to love that thing that I'm writing in. Yeah. Yes. That's so great. I've heard that multiple times from people. You got to find just that special one. And there's so many to choose from now. It's awesome. (laughs) It's wonderful. It is. Um, the, our last question is what, what's your favorite app or website? I know you mentioned you version, anything else? Oh, I mean, I love Proverbs 31. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, she reads truth. I enjoy as well. Um, but yeah, probably I gotta tell you, I'm really loving what you version has done recently with their stories. Um, they have stories every day and they have, uh, kids stories every day that's guided my six-year-old loves it. She wakes up and she does that. It's been an amazing way. I'm just so, I'm so impressed with what they're doing. Um, they've guided prayer. I just, it's cool to see how many people that's ministering to. So I'm uh-huh. enjoying watching that and through the lens of what they're doing strategically. Very, very impressed and very blessed by that. Yes. Yes. Me as well. Well, Trish, thank you so much for being here today to help us learn the importance of seeing ourselves as God sees us. And for our listeners, pick up a copy of Trish's book, Straighten Your Crown. You can find the link in our show notes. And, you know, we will also be publishing this podcast on YouTube. Our channel is called the Coffee and Bible Time Podcast. So please share in our YouTube video comments, you know, your struggles, your successes in seeing yourself as God sees you. And I feel that we can all learn from each other um, if you be willing to do that. So check that out. Lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.